Greetings, Bike Pack Canada. I'm Paulo, and this week I've been bikepacking across part of Costa Rica through the tropical rainforest. A route that I developed myself, and it's been more than a suffer fast, but there's some goodness happening soon. Right now I'm hike biking again to a peak of 2,300 meters altitude and uh, slept overnight in the rainforest twice worrying whether a puma was going to come and get us. It's been an amazing experience so far. I love the rainforest. It's full of life. Can't wait to reach the ocean in a couple days. Really glad to hear the podcast is back in action. And listen to you later. Follow me on Instagram. Crank and grind is my uh, my handle. Cheers, everyone. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to My Back 40 and the My Back 40 podcast. I'm your host, Steve O'Shaughnessy. Well, that took me back a little bit. It was nice to uh, to dig through the archives to find that voice memo that uh, Apollo LeBurge sent me um, probably a year, a year ago or so, maybe even more. Um, I keep everything. I've got everything stored at my hard drive here. So he was one of the first uh, people to send me a voice intro back in the Bike Pack Canada days, and I thought I would just pull it up and uh, share it because we do talk about it in the podcast and um, it was a bit of a hardcore route that uh, Paulo had done in Costa Rica and uh, I was glad to um, hear about it. It was pretty awesome. Um, so thank you, Paulo. Um, I'm sorry it's a little dated, but uh, I thought it added a little flavor to the podcast, so I thought I'd add it back in there. How's everybody doing? Um, hopefully you are all well, you and yours and your families and you're getting out there and working on the mental health by being out in the woods and riding a bicycle or running or walking whatever it is you do to stay healthy in the skull and um yeah i just hope that you're enjoying listening to the my back 40 podcast while you're participating in those activities if you'd like to send me a voice intro i'd love to hear from you you can send that my way by emailing it to myback 40 podcast at gmail.com you can send me voice intros feedback, guest suggestions. Um, and I love hearing from you. Just uh, let me know what you're thinking about and uh, I'll pop it in the show just like I did for Paulo's. So by now, uh, Josh Caddo should be close to wrapping up his virtual cross Washington race um, where he is trying to raise funds for the Masaka Cycling Club. If you haven't heard the podcast with Miro Michael, the chairman of this club, I would encourage you to go back to episode number 17 and have a listen. Uh, the crux of it is is that he's building this club to help girls and boys and disabled youth in Masaka, Uganda. Uh, Miro saw the cycling talent in the region and wanted to showcase it. He wanted he wants to show the world the cycling talent that they have there, and this club needs our help, uh, gear, food, um, and especially uh, an influx of cash. Um, they're paying the riders. Uh, a small stipend to, to ride and they're also paying a couple of administrators and to do that they need a little bit of an influx so for as little as like three or four dollars or whatever you can afford you can certainly help float this club 
Um, and I think you are going to see some of these riders on the world stage. So uh, if you want to get some more information about that, the best place to go is to go to thehiddenathlete.com.au. And uh, there's a Masaka Cycling Club link at the very top of the page. You can click through, read a little bit about what's going on, and also check out some YouTube videos. Um, I, I would encourage you to check out the videos. They're awesome. Uh, these kids want for nothing. And, uh, and uh, they're so happy to be um, receiving some of these great gifts from all over the world to help them train and become better cyclists. And... Um, yeah, so head on over there, get some information, and there's a donate donate button on the top. You can certainly one-time donate if you just wanted to throw a little bit of money their way, and a little bit goes a long way, believe me. So uh, I just wanted to shout out to the Masaka Cycling Club again and encourage you to go back and get involved because uh, they need our help. So um, let's spread the love of cycling. And speaking of spreading the love... How would you guys like some more promo codes? Um, Cycling 101 is still offering their promo code 101VIP20. If you uh, if you have some questions about your training program or you need a bike fit, reach out to Cycling 101. Um, and they will give you 20% off those services if you use the promo code 101VIP20. Ryan Draper was also gracious enough to share with us his NACBAR ambassador code, which is Ryan. So if you head on over to NACBAR and you want to buy some crickets... Uh, you can do that. You can shop around, use the promo code Ryan, and you're going to save 20% off that purchase. And I believe if you spend over $50, you're going to get free shipping. So don't forget 101 VIP 20 to save 20% off a bike fit or a consultation and the promo code Ryan to save 20% off of NACBAR. So today on this episode of the My Back 40 podcast, I bring you Paulo LaBurge and Heather Pluis. Um, I've been trying to connect with these guys for a while, actually, probably since I got that voice memo back in the day and, um, we're trying to make it happen. I kind of got busy with the podcast thing and I dropped the ball and then I re-picked up the ball. I got the ball again and now we're talking <laughs> and it was about time. It was such a pleasure to talk to these two. Um, they sat down in their, I think they were in their kitchen or the living room and we just had a great chat. They had a lot of stories to tell and they're great storytellers, um, uh, Paulo is kind of the the root planner of the dynamic duo, and I believe Heather is the writer and storyteller. But honestly, once we got chatting, the stories were just fantastic, and it was great just to sit back and listen to them um, share their journeys that they've had, and and also to to see the look in on their faces when they talk about planning journeys. You can tell that they're very very passionate about uh, getting out there and exploring our planet by bike. So again, it was a pleasure to talk to these two and uh, I know you're going to enjoy this uh, conversation with these uh, this dynamic duo and uh, without further delay I bring you Heather Pluis and Paulo LaBurge. He's bad language sometimes is that okay? So yeah. she. Oh dear, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. Uh, I'm a sailor. <laughs> I am going to go f- full disclosure like we talked about I I, use, I like to record the entire conversation so um if you guys are cool with that, I'm recording right now. So yeah, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I just like starting shooting the shit, and it's it's crazy to see uh, Heather. And I'm not hitting on your wife, but you're the most photogenic <laughs> woman on Instagram. It's crazy. Like all your photos are so good, and uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you anyway, you're a really good looking couple. So yeah, you you, repre- <laughs> you represent very well out there in the uh, on the internet. But it's cool seeing you in real life. It's very cool. And about time as well, right? Yeah, and we've been talking about this for a while, and 
I was like, okay, he wants to do it. And I was like, really though? Cause we've talked about this a few times yeah. now. And uh, yeah. no, I'm super pumped to be able to talk to you. It's yeah, good. Us too. I haven't used Skype very much. I'm kind of dicking around with uh, where to put the screen and stuff. And it's like split screening on me. It's doing all this crazy. I wouldn't worry about that. It's such a Luddite sometimes, man. It's crazy. But uh, can you hear us clearly? You guys sound uh, fantastic. And yeah, your video is really good too. Did you make any changes that we talked about? No, I didn't. <laughs> I, I mean, we're in the kitchen. Yeah. I thought this would be like a nice bright spot. We have some of our pictures well, from our trips here. but That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm not recording the video. Um, I haven't figured that out yet, but we'll, uh, we can do that another time. Because I do want to, I want to record some, some uh, podcast just like with a video section and then make that available to people if they want it. I don't know. It's kind of The video is cool. nice for like just feeling kind of connected while we chat. Yeah. I've done a couple chats where the, the video didn't really pan out and we ended up just talking on the phone and it was really weird. It was, uh, yeah, it was just weird. I, I tend to have a problem with talking over people that I'm this part of the podcast craft is learning how to talk and have, you know, conversations <laughs> with people. And I find that's even that's exacerbated when you can't actually get the visual cues from someone. So yeah, it's, it's I think it's the best, the next best thing to sitting in the same room. Right. So Cool. I'm really bad for I'm really really bad for interrupting people. So now that I know that's a bad podcast thing, I'm gonna have to. Well, no. <laughs> try not to do it. <laughs> it's a bad habit. No, I certainly didn't mean it that way. I meant um, personally. You know, I'm always getting in shit for doing that. Like either finishing someone's idea. You know, and it's not intentional. It's not like I'm trying to be an asshole. I'm, it's it's yeah. just, I get really excited with ideas sometimes and people yeah. are like, I'm like, Oh yeah. And you can do the, da, 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 and I get into it. And then dude, you totally cut me off. It's like, oh. yeah. so what a great, what a great learning environment to try to fix that. <laughs> it's worse with some people than others. Like anyone who's ever listened to my mom and I have a conversation is blown away because we constantly like the whole conversation <laughs> is us like talking over each other, but it still works. So yeah, well, I'll it's try not to do that too much <laughs> it's different when you're family too right you have that flow you kind of yeah. yeah you've brought up you've been brought up with that flow so yeah yeah tell me about some of the pictures in the background what, what am i looking at there trying to hold it up so you can see them here uh, i'll try you talk um uh, that one wait, am i sucking at this this nope, one looks good um what's the name of that volcano again oh oh Opopongi. Opopongi. That's in Tanzania from our trip. It's not far from Lake Natron. And then... That's Jordan. Can you... Yeah. And that's like somewhere along the Jordan bike trail. That's me. And that's like the desert. It was wow. like... It was amazing. And then... That one's Jordan again. That's like when we just exited Wadi Rum. Yeah. Um, and that's where we camped. You can't really see the tent, but it's here. And so uh, that was at sunset. And, and last one. Sorry, this kind of that sucks. one is. Uh, oh, that's good. That's on the way to 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 Lake Natron, and that that's Heather. And there's like a flock of zebras in the picture there, and uh, they were like right in front of us as we were riding. Wow, that's amazing. Of course, the people listening can't see these beautiful no. photographs. I'm sure if they checked out their socials, though, that you would have those up there or 
or more. So please do go check them out. Um, shout out your handles while we're, while we're here. What are your? Oh, handles? okay. So I'm HP Sauce. H dot P dot Sauce. And uh, I'm cranking grind. So it's crank like C R A N K N grind G R I N D. <laughs> I think I did it right. Yeah, yeah that sounds right. And uh, so I'm, I'm talking with uh, Paulo and Heather and um, you have tons of followers. So people I'm sure are very familiar with you guys already. Um, Paulo, you might be the first person to send me a voice memo on the Bike Pack Canada podcast. And I still remember that. Oh, yes, you, I did. I from was Costa Rica? In, from Costa yeah. Rica. I was suffering. You sounded I felt so beat. embarrassed. I, I listened to myself after. Oh, yeah. You sound like, like, oh, my God. I, sound like, <laughs> I was like, oh, well, whatever. But uh, yeah. I was like, oh, I got to send them a clip. And I was like, right in the moment, like climbing this, like one of the tallest ridges in Costa Rica. Um, yeah. And was, <laughs> I was out of breath. Like it was really high altitude. It's like, yeah, let's do it. Well, that's the whole point of those, right? Is I like, I loved it so much because it was super authentic. Cause it's, it sounded like you were literally, well, you could hear your free will, right? It was like tick, tick, yeah. tick, 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 I was like, oh, that sounds steep. <laughs> so no, that's great. So um, that was, now, is that a, that's a route that you developed, correct? Yeah, I did that route. Um, I wanted to try something different. So years ago, or um, I, I guess like what was it, a couple of years prior to that, Heather and I did the, the Nicoya Peninsula and so I have family in Costa Rica and my cousin, he's, he's getting right into mountain biking right now. So I introduced the idea like, Hey, let's go on a bike packing trip. Cause he's been seeing my pictures on Instagram and he's like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And then I planned out this route. I said, okay, we're going <laughs> to start in the central Valley and we're going to end by the, the Pacific ocean. And, uh, Oh wait, no, the Atlantic ocean. And, uh, he looked at the route. He's like, oh, that's easy. That's easy. No problem. That's too short. <laughs> he wanted to do it twice. Yeah. He's like, when we get to, uh, when we we get go, to the end, let's go back up the mountain again and come home. I was like, oh, I don't know about that. I mean, there's a lot of elevation gain. And I was like, I was developing a route that, I mean, it was completely from scratch, looking at like whatever data I can find, like JS and, and the dirt roads. I even use like, I don't know. It's like a little secret of mine. Sometimes I take a Strava heat map and I clip the area that I want and I overlay it on a map. Oh, I, I know a bit about mapping so I can see like, Oh, look, like people have hiked this, like this line through the jungle or um, I was like, this is going to be the route. That's the trail. It's, it exists. I know it. And so, uh, I developed, I developed that route. I, I can't remember how long it was. And, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a suffer fest, but I loved every moment of it, just being through the cloud forest, especially like when we we're at higher elevations. My cousin and his girlfriend at the time, like, oh, they were having such a hard time. But I was just like eating it all up. I was like, oh, is this, this is what adventure is all about. Yeah. And but uh, and that route went up the um, one of the tallest ridges to cross over to the Atlantic. And then we, it was like, mostly downhill from there. There's a, a few more little um, mountain ranges. Um, and it went through uh, a lot of the coffee plantations and um, other 
growing regions, like at a higher altitude in the country, because I guess like that's just prime prime area for for that kind of of of, of crops. And um, yeah, the more south we go, like you could feel it's getting hotter and hotter and hotter, more humid. So you're like at the bottom, like near like ocean levels, like so humid and. But yeah, it was a it was an amazing journey. I would like to do it again, but maybe just go the other direction and go through some of the of the indigenous people's lands mm. um, to create another path going towards the uh, the Pacific Ocean. I, I know I could do it. I've seen I've seen other people's like portions of doing something like that, like trips. So I know I could piece together something that would be that I could that I could do that with. That's very cool, Heather. Were you on that trip? I was going to say, no, that is the only bikepacking trip that we have not done together. Um, when he designed that route, I was like, ha, ha, enjoy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been on enough trips that he has designed that I know I know things are always harder than they look like they're going to be. It's always tougher. And then when he was like, this is going to be a suffer fest, I was like, have a good time. <laughs> my my plan last winter was to go and lay in the in the sun. I was going to go to Curacao for a couple of weeks. Um, I booked a hostel called what was it called? Bed and bike. Um, you get a bed and a bike. It's like really really dead simple. And I just wanted to go, you know, chill out, explore the island by bike a bit, just have some solo time. Um, and then the end of January, I had a bad crash on my fat bike and I lacerated a kidney. What? Um, yeah, don't ever do that. Ever. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, you just land. Did you land on your bike or something? You know what? I just like, it's hard to know exactly. Oh, I just wow. remember hitting the ground really, really hard. And there was just this like explosion of pain. And um, so oh, that was rough. So I was in the so hospital for a couple of weeks. And then, so it wasn't long after that, that he went on the trip. So my camp, my trip to Curacao, my, you know, chilling and riding around the, the Caribbean was um, canceled. And then when he went on on his trip, I ended up going to stay with my parents for the week because I'd only been out of the hospital for like a week and a oh, half at yeah. that point. Um, so even if I had wanted to go on that trip, I would not have been able to. But um, as it turns out, no. When he sent me the pictures of his his cousin Ronald <laughs> and Monica, th there's this picture he took of them. You see it on his Instagram. Uh, maybe is it in the Esker Journal too? Yeah. Okay, so I think oh, it's, maybe. I think it's I also on, so on Esker's website. I think it's also in the Esker Journal because he wrote a story. I helped him with a story about that trip. But there's this picture he took of Ronald and Monica, and they're sitting. It's like it's like black and white, and they're sitting like with their heads in their hands, like they look utterly exhausted and dejected. And as soon as I saw the picture, I was like, I feel that. I yeah. know what that's like. Your first bikepacking trip, and you're just like. You were so geared up for an adventure, and then it's so much harder than you imagined. Yeah, the the name of that 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 uh, that story in the Esker Journal it's called La Ruta Loca, and basically, it's uh, it's basically Ronald, my cousin, when we were in the midst of like this like bushwhacking. <laughs> this is the part where it's like I use Strava overlay. It's like this is like a little hiking path that that the locals know of. And we're like in the midst of this. There's like, there's like, uh, what was it? Puma prints on the in the mud. Like we're like, oh my god. He's like, this fucking ruta loca. Fuck this shit. Yeah. So I'm just looking it up now. So that's uh, eskercycles.com/slash/pages/slash. La Ruta Loca, La, um, La hyphen Ruta hyphen Loca. So check it out. Some amazing photos. 
Awesome. I think uh, oh. I, I don't know if that particular picture of them like is looking all there? down is it on that, but um, I'm pretty sure it's uh, it's in my uh, somewhere in my Instagram feed. I'm kind of laughing. I'm laughing. There's a photo of you. I think it's you looking back over your shoulder, and it's, it looks like you're the trees are kind of like on a 45 degree angle and you're hiking. Up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a bit punchy, a little punchy. <laughs> yeah, it was more than punchy. I think I'm, uh, I'm not all that sorry that I missed out on that. I was going to say like lacerated kidney or bike packing. Through, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm having lacerated my kidney. I really would recommend against it, but I, I still, the trip wasn't, it wasn't for me. We had done Costa Rica a couple of years before yeah. and, um, and even the trip that we did was crazy hard. So this one, like, you know, bushwalking through the jungle was like outside my interest zone. <laughs> yeah. How did, how did you guys meet? Where did you meet? What's the story behind that? So we met at work. Um, oh, that's against the rules. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it was very, it was a secret. <laughs> yeah, it was a super secret. Um, we met working for for different companies on um, a, a big industrial wind farm job site, um, and we just we kind of barely knew each other. And then when that job was winding down, Paul's company hired me um, to come and work for them because my contract was up with the other company. And so we were just kind of getting to know each other, and and um, um, we were the only like single folks in the office, and we started hanging out together and. We, we started rock climbing uh, together on like Wednesday nights. We'd go after work and just um, climb together and we kind of got to be friends. And then Paul thought that, I'm sorry, I call him Paul. That's okay. I call him Paul. Everyone else calls him Paulo. Um, he's Paul professionally. He's Paul legally. And so that's how I knew him at first. Oh, that's my secret. I know. Yeah. Oh, no, I can edit this out. <laughs> everyone everyone in his personal life calls him Paulo. That's but my nickname. I, yeah, yeah, it's your nickname. It's, it's what he goes by to everyone. But because I knew him as Paul first, I can't. Like I've never been able to kind of re reorient my own thinking on that. So anyway, it just it does confuse people. He's Paul. He's Paulo. What should I he, What should I call you? Oh, you should call him Paulo. Yeah, everyone yeah. calls him Paulo. Okay, it's okay. literally his parents and me. Okay, oh, and see. his colleagues at work. So anyway, I knew him as Paul first. So that's a bit of an aside, but yeah. So we um, so he said, I think you'd really like mountain bike. He's obviously super into mountain biking. He was like, you know what? I think you really like mountain biking. If you want to try, you know, I can borrow a friend's bike for you. And, you know, we could go, we could go mountain biking. Um, so I won't tell that like a whole ridiculous story. Uh, at some point, I'm hoping that that story, part of that story will get published because I've, I've written it and not kind of finished it. But yeah. he took me bike. He took me uh, mountain biking for the first time. And I like fell head fell head over heels for mountain biking. <laughs> I like to say I took the package deal. I said I, I loved Paul. As and well. I brought her to the <laughs> toughest trails that there are in this area here, like on Niagara's apartment. Just backcountry. He field. took me to crazy trails, and I didn't know that at the time. And I'm like smashing through the forest, blasting through rocks, falling down every five seconds. But and you know, I was before that kind of a bit of. I don't know not an indoor girl but not not somebody who would have ever described being like cold and wet and dirty as like a good time and we left the forest that day and I was just like grinning from ear to ear I like awesome. lit up it was a, a total discovery so that's like three and a bit years ago yeah. so we've we got together shortly after that and and that's how long I've been mountain biking and um a couple months later we went bike packing for the first time together and that's the story so uh, what better way to learn than to immerse yeah. oneself in 
<laughs> in the activity. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Funny thing is like I was I was planning this Nicoya trip and I was going to go by myself and I was talking to her about it and she come and asked me if she can come with me on this trip. I was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Better with company for sure. Yeah. yeah. I just thought it sounded really cool. You know, he, he, he described it. Okay. In fairness, he described it as beach hopping, right? Well, that's what it is. Who wouldn't want to beach hop? Yeah. I'm like, I love beaches. I love the ocean. I love swimming. And he was like, so I'm going to ride down the coast. And, you know, every day we end at the beach. And I was like, okay. Um, you know, the reality of it was like, <laughs> so much harder. I can't believe I, people were like, when they heard about the trip afterwards, they were like, I can't believe you're still a couple. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't believe that you, lots of like long-term couples would go on a trip like that and come home and be like, okay, take oh, care now. Yeah. No, like we, day, one, <laughs> day one was to go out a, up a, a small mountain range, like where there's all the tennis. It felt like it was taking forever. It did take forever. And you know what? By the time we, 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 we crested this, this mountain peak, we see the ocean from the top, but the sun was setting. It's like, oh, oh like we better get to the bottom. Like we got to camp by the beach. We had no idea where we're going to stay it's part of the adventure right right here we are down this like rough like dirt road it's getting it's, it becomes like black dark <laughs> all we see is like scorpions scorpions and and spiders <laughs> crossing the road and she's like little like i don't know about this and I'm exhausted and there's snakes so i like, the oh, spiders snake. were big on the road but their eyes were like glowing like like when you shine your your LED light or whatever they are like on them, like they make these two little sparkles. So I was just like, they're diamond spiders. <laughs> he knew that was something that like calm me down. He's like, cause he, I love things that sparkle. So all these little lights and he's like, he's like, relax, they're diamond spiders. <laughs> yeah. these diamonds on the ground. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, they'll kill you. Don't lie down in the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> It's a constellation of yeah, things that want to kill But we you. were so tired at one point. And she was like just pushing her bike up a hill. And she just like stomped on a scorpion on the ground. I'm like, I didn't even say anything. I'm I like, didn't even nope, know. whatever. <laughs> she didn't care. But, I didn't even know. That was one of the craziest days of my entire life. But it's like so formative, right? Like yeah. I look back and it was so hard. It was so crazy hard. But it was just like so incredible. I, You know, that moment when we when we kind of got to this beautiful spot and we could see the ocean and the, you know, the sun was, it wasn't set yet, but it was, it was setting like that. Just that image is burned in my memory. It was such a spectacular moment. And what I didn't realize at that point was that we still had a long way to go and that even like descending wasn't going to be that easy. It was like, Oh yeah, it's all downhill from here. Bullshit. No. It's never all downhill from here. <laughs> but, but the view was just incredible. And that sense of like accomplishment of what we, what we accomplished that day. And like, I'd never done anything like that. I'd been mad biking for like two months i bought wow. i bought a they bought plane tickets before i owned a bicycle like i'm crazy just um no i think that's awesome i think that's the antithesis of the whole the whole bike packing thing right is it's like you know earning your turns you're you're working for you work so hard for it um yeah and yeah i mean you were already a climber right so well, well, no, I mean, it was, very, it was very recreational. Oh, fair enough. But, you know, uh, that just speaks to your adventurous side. So yeah. I, th I think there, there could be a lot of relationship combinations where that, that wouldn't work. But in, in yeah. the short term, I think that was like the perfect time to take uh, your partner in a new relationship on a trip like that because 
you didn't on your best behavior. <laughs> like, well, I really like him and I want him to like me. So this is great, Paul. Thanks. Oh, <laughs> I totally wasn't. You know, in, in relationships where there's, you know, a good relationships kind of have a yin and a yang, right? Like there's, there's usually one person that has a, a stronger personality and like a, a hotter temper. And um, that person is me. Um, I'm, I'm quick to forgive, but quick to anger. I, you know, I have, I have a fairly hot temper. I'm not very patient. I'm especially not very patient with myself. I'm really hard on myself. And then Paul's like, so level headed, even keeled. He's like the absolute perfect yang to my yin. And I think that's why it works. If awesome. you had two people as tightly wound as I am, um, it would be a nightmare. It just wouldn't work. So it's, uh, it's partly because he's so even that that we're able to do these things together because I'm not. <laughs> I'm a very up and down person. I'm the same way. Gets upset easily. Yeah, high in neuroticism. I like to say I'm very high in neuroticism. <laughs> it's yeah, good. I'm, I'm an emotional person. I I react strongly to things. Yeah, I'd actually be curious to meet other couples that that bike pack like um, Mark and Hannah, um, Mark Watson, Hannah. I can't remember. I can't remember her last name, but uh, I mean they're doing like. I don't know, from Alaska all the way to Argentina. I, I know they took a break, but I mean, I wonder what their personalities are like, because they make it work and they I mean, yeah. they're traveling. For Just so that long. balance. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I haven't, I haven't gone on a, on a huge bike trip with a, with a partner yet. My, my wife doesn't ride bikes, so I don't have that opportunity, but uh, yeah, I think we've traveled together a little bit and she's the same. I'm the hothead and, and she's just the like, just calm down. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> Like, why are you getting so excited? It calms you down faster than being told to calm down. Though, right? <laughs> Don't tell me to calm down. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So that was your first trip. And then, um, and then it just took off from there. Like, how do you, uh, like, how do you plan your trips? Like upcoming trips? Like, how do you, how do you decide where to go? Oh. Uh, we did some brainstorming before we decided about Jordan. I don't remember how long it was after Costa Rica that we picked Jordan. Maybe it was in the fall. I think we booked the tickets or, like before Chris, Chris, around Christmas, around Christmas time. time yeah. Around Christmas time, we booked those tickets to do Jordan. And we were just kind of spitballing, like, you know, where do we want to go? For Paul, it has to be somewhere really, like, unique and different. And he doesn't want to do anything anyone else has done. And, no, like, that's not. really important to him to, like, to have a hand in designing the route and, sure. and for it not to just be something that someone else has done. And for me, uh, Oh, I don't know. My, my considerations are less. She trusts me. Predictable. <laughs> I do. I do trust him. You know, when it, regarding Jordan, Paul had a university friend, um, a Jordanian friend who came here for university and that's how they met. And then he had since gone back to Jordan. Um, and that's where he lives. And he always had this open invitation to Paul, like, come to Jordan someday. I'll show you my beautiful country. And so we were, we were looking at the map, trying to pick a place. Paul was like, what about Jordan? And I was like, yeah, I had read the memoirs of, um, Oh shoot. Queen Noor maybe. Now I can't recall. Anyway, I'd read this, I'd read this book about, uh, about someone from Jordan and was like, I, you know, it was, it was kind of at the edge of my, um, my interest. And like, in terms of the, that area of the world it's certainly one of the more um safe places to travel it's sort of known for that so yeah that, that was kind of how we it was definitely we agreed on jordan it was definitely like a 50 50 kind of decision and i i mean 
having having done these trips now to have somebody on the ground in the country you're visiting is so invaluable oh, yeah. they can give you some intel they can give you some recommendations they can hook you up with some like logistical stuff um that especially for i would say like for people who are interested in bikepacking and haven't done it that like those are your trading wheels pick a place where you have some human on the ground um you know an exit plan a, um, a safety strategy it's just someone who can who can help you make some of those decisions and someone you know ultimately you could call and be like i fucked up come help me yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so especially in a foreign was, country, yeah, you want you want to have some yeah. inside intel for sure. Yeah, no, that was great. That was great. Tanzania was the first trip this year. Uh, well, shoot, not this year. Um, Tanzania was the first trip we've done where we didn't have anyone. No contacts. Yeah. So when you when you pick those those trips, like, what's your um, what's your requirement? Like, what do you when you look at a place, Paulo? Like what kind of what's the catalyst for wanting to plan a trip in a spot um okay that's tough let me go i have to take a step back because i explain something so and i tell this to everybody so i wanna i've always wanted i wish i could see the world before it became westernized that's how i always i always felt like when i was growing up like as a I was a, a kid. My dad had like a stacks of stacks of like National Geographic magazines. And I used to love like going through the pictures and I, I love photography partly because for that reason too. And uh, I can always uh, really appreciate the cultures, the different cultures and, and, and the way that they live life and the sceneries. And I just, I remember those things. And today, like I, I just want to see the world kind of how it was. So when I choose a place that I want to go, I want to know that wherever I, wherever this route takes me, I'm going to see, I'm going to see the real true culture that's not so impacted by our modern day life and, 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 and like tourism. Tourist, like yeah. Yeah. So with Jordan, I knew that would be there. And I, I, I love I, my best friend's Arabic. He's from Syria. And Wobble, who's in Jordan, he's, uh, I mean, they're just lovely people, so hospitable. And that's another thing. And, and I do a lot of research before I choose a place to go. And I, I want to feel content that I, I know who I'm going to be running into. And, um, yeah, just the, the, the wildness of, uh, of, of, of the place as well. And, and uh, I'm not scared to be challenged by, like, languages like different languages or or being in the middle of nowhere i think that you can really prepare yourself like everything's possible if you really put your 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 mind to it and plan ahead you give yourself like months in advance to to get something planned out and um yeah and then i choose a route that i i, I always try to like have parts of the route that nobody else has seen before because I want to see something fresh. I'm always, I, I love fresh content. I am always like, I, I like Instagram because I can flip through and, and, and see like things I've never seen before so easily. And um, I mean, but that's, but, and me, I love to photograph things that are really unique to me and that I could show people. I'm like, check this out, you know, like look where, look what we saw, you know, but it means a lot to me personally. And I mean, the walls in, in my home, like I love the pictures I take for me because that's how i love to like 
keep memories to myself. So that's partly it. And I mean, with Tanzania, like, I don't think, I know people have done bike tours through Africa, but nobody's really spent a lot of time that I knew in Tanzania. And I knew there's a lot of wildlife. And then I, I found out that, you know, there's like, I found out of the K2N, uh, the Kilimanjaro to Natron, I think it's called. It's a bike race, a stage race. And mountain bikers were going through like wildlife regions. I was like, whoa, there's like, it's got to be lions and stuff in there. But yeah, I, you know, you do your research, you realize, you know, it's actually not a threat. Uh, it's not as much of a, a, a threat as uh, we would think. So, and, and when we were there, like we ran into every other animal except for yeah, we didn't predators. See, like we that. didn't see any big cats. Yeah. We didn't, we heard the um, hyenas a lot at night, but we, ne- we never saw them. Um, the big cats are really mostly confined to like these um, kind of safari areas. The national parks. We, we did it. We did a one day safari at the very end of our um, bikepacking trip in Tanzania and we got to see lions and it was like, yay. Uh, so <laughs> like, it, yay, we didn't see them on our bikes. Would it be kind of like, <laughs> Uh, would they be kind of on the same parallel as, as bears? Like, you know, we're surrounded by bears here, but we, I rarely see bears where I go and cougars too. Like we've got cougars around here, but they're so elusive. Is that kind of the same with a lion? It's like, you know, they're out there, but they're not dragging humans out of their houses and killing them. And, yeah, I think they've, I mean, it sort of seems like from what we heard, like they've really learned their lesson about humans. And even if they kind of smell a human, they don't want anything to do with it. We did a lot of reading about um, wildlife and safety because we were concerned. And of course, everyone who heard we were going to Africa was like, oh, my God, you're going to get eaten lions. Like, how are you going to sleep in a tent? And one of the most interesting things that we um, came across was was just hearing, you know, absolutely don't take anything edible, anything that smells like food into the tent with you so that the tent doesn't smell like food. Because if animals smell you, you're not delicious. You're trouble. They, they don't want to mess with humans. They want food. You know, if they're sniffing around, it's because they want food. They, they don't want to have an interaction with you. They, they kind of associate the smell of you with something negative. Um, and then the other thing was like around elephants, we were told like, we're like, well, what if an elephant walks along and like steps on us in our tent? But I guess we didn't really realize, but they, they see a tent like it's like a solid object. Right. They don't realize it's like this flimsy piece of fabric they, they see it, it might as well be a rock. So they might like kind of sniff around it and walk up to it, but they're not going to step on it. That, so. that would be a trip. Waking up in the middle <laughs> of the night. Yeah, yeah, seeing a trunk, you know. Yeah, comes, sneaking through the, unzips <laughs> it, kind of comes in. <laughs> no, it was. But that's reassuring because, you know, people should heed that from people who are experienced in the field like you guys. You know, you do your research yeah. and and because that's, I, I have a friend in, in Malaysia and he's like, he's always saying, do you, do you like ride by yourself in the woods? And I'm like, oh yeah. It's like, no problem. You say, man, if we do that in the jungle here, the tigers come and get us. It's like, we can't, there's tiger. there's tigers everywhere. And it's like, oh my God. Like you just, it's oh, a different shit. perspective. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I, 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 it's probably the same. It's, it's, you know, a, a threat, a threat like the lion would be where they probably don't really want anything to do with you. But yeah. if the situation were so, well, that's really yeah. cool. But, but you still mm-hmm. must've felt uneasy, right. Traveling that, navigating that terrain. What was it yeah. like your first couple nights? Um, oh, it was different. The was, climates were different. Yeah, it was really different. The first night was really different than most of the other nights. The first night was like chilly. Um, we were at a higher elevation at yeah. near Mount Maru. Like we were between Mount Maru and Kilimanjaro at this, what was the lake called again? Um, 
Big Mamela Lake. Mamela Lake, yes. It's like so many flamingos. It's so yeah, noisy. Cool. You can hear all the birds in the evening. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. The flamingos are amazing. Everyone talks about the flamingos at Lake Natron, which we did get to at the end. But we actually got to see the flamingos a lot closer up at Mamela Lake, at Big Mamela Lake. So, no, we were, I mean, we were nervous, but it was pretty much like you go into the tent and you stay in the tent. Um, we The first night we stayed at a... A deserted campground. A deserted campground. Yeah. So, um, so that was kind of different. Second night... It was at the uh, Opopongi. Opopongi, yeah. yeah. The second night was kind of cool. Um, we ended up... Um, staying at there was this like kind of commercial I don't know commercial facility like that's touristy like, yeah it's set up Maasai. it's set up to to imitate um, a Maasai boma so like the lifestyle that the Maasai have and the kind of buildings and the enclosure and everything but it's meant for like so people could book it like with a tour group and they could come and it would be kind of animated by um, you know real real Maasai like they work there and everything um, and so you get to uh, hello <laughs> Um, you get to kind of see them and experience their culture in a way that's not kind of like intrusive. Um, but we hadn't booked a, a stay or anything. So we just kind of showed up and hoped for the best. And then it turned out um, that we were able to to stay there for the night. Yeah. It's owned by the Maasai. Like it's yeah. a part of their community. It brings in revenue that they distribute within their community there. And so when we went, they're like, do you have a you don't have a reservation I'm like no, no we, we just rode from uh from wherever it was and yeah and they're like really yeah <laughs> they were blown away and then uh, a guy came out of nowhere and he's like i heard you you guys were here and he's like you guys you know let me check with my boss and maybe you can you can stay the night in our boma and uh sure enough they're like yeah you're welcome to stay here and we have awesome. beer if you want to buy a beer i'm like oh my god perfect <laughs> so uh, and they it was so amazing because here we are with these Maasai, and one of them can speak really good English. And he taught us, well, not, but he told us all about their culture. And we were able to ask him questions and be uninterrupted. And it was, it was just, a, it was such a, a great learning experience and, and so refreshing. And from that point, like, oh, that's when it really like the, felt like we we're in like where we wanted to be in Tanzania. Yeah. Yeah, I really, I really love that. That's, <laughs> and we got to sleep in a mud hut. That's Yay! cool. That's cool. safe. Of, we didn't have to pitch our tent. We got to sleep in a in a mud hut. And what was in there when we went in there that night? A huge spider. Oh my Turn gosh! I hate spiders. Oh no, the rats. Mice. It was like a a six inch long millipede. Oh yeah, I have oh, pictures no. of that. There was this like yes, yeah, the only it was the only like creepy crawly we saw really, but it was like. But yeah, I have pictures of it. I'm trying to hold my hands up like that. Oh this, no! Like yeah, that yeah, thing. like as thick as your thumb, probably oh my gosh. black. Oh. But it was really, and it looked like a little accordion. And then it uh, it had leg, 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 legs. So many legs. Oh, it didn't move fast. It moved really slow. And I was I was horrified, but I was okay with the fact that it moved slow. Things that move fast are not okay. Yeah. With me. yeah creepy crawly things that move fast outdoor shower yeah and we when you shower you watch the sunset it was like yeah. oh we, wow. that, sounds yeah, beautiful. that was that was my favorite night okay we had outdoor showers watching you know kilimanjaro at sunset oh and slept in a, the savannah you know, was beautiful yeah that was it yeah. was a crazy experience and that was just like luck right we had investigated this place but we hadn't made a booking and it was like well if we make it there that night we'll see if we can camp on the site and it just worked out 
That's really cool. Sorry, I'm a bit distracted right now. I told you we'd probably have a visitor. Yeah. That's okay. Hello, visitor. Do you want to say hello to to Paulo and Heather? Just say hello. Hello. Hi. Who who are you? Who are you, they say. I'm Jasper. Jasper. That's a great name. Nice to meet you. (laughs) What are you guys doing up there? Just hanging out? You don't have any idea? Can you let me? <laughs> can you let me finish up? I'll be. I'll, we'll read books later, okay? Oh well, maybe later, buddy. We we just got a new trampoline, so they're all about the trampoline, like yeah. like a twelve footer, like a really oh, big one. Yeah. So I can go in there. It's it's like two hundred fifty pound weight capacity, so we can go in there and bounce around together, which is kind of fun. It's hard, man. Good. Like these kids could do this stuff all day. And I go in there for five minutes. I'm like, oh, man, I'm beat. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I, could, I could go and ride a thousand kilometers, but I can't go and do this. I can't bounce on the trampoline. Yeah. Can you give me a few minutes, buddy? No, you can't touch that. Don't touch that. Sorry, man. <laughs> That's funny. It's been a while, actually, since I've been interrupted during a podcast, but it's often fun. They come in and they're looking at the screen. Met a new guy. Yeah. Yeah, super fun. Yeah, that sounds what an incredible incredible adventure that must be. I, I, I'm kind of living vicariously through you guys telling me this story. Um, <laughs> Most people do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, but I think what's kind of cool about it is, um, you know, you, are you good? Do you go into these things afraid ever? Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. We are We're nervous. <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, a lot, I think that holds a lot of people back. I think fear holds a lot of people back. And from some of the conversations I had with, you know, with, with men and women and just bikepacking and touring in general, is that everybody's afraid, you know, at some, at some mm-hmm. level. Yeah. Totally yeah. normal. And I think if, if you didn't feel fear going into some of these situations, then that probably wouldn't be normal. I think it's healthy to have a bit of a, you know, you need some, you need something guiding you. And I think fear can be a, can be a really good guide as long as you don't let it get out of hand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause the logistics of something like that must be huge. So, so going back to, you know, how you plan routes, you know, one, you want to go somewhere where, you know, no one's, no one's been there and you, you want to be challenged uh, you want to experience the culture, which it sounds like you do. Um, in Tanzania, uh, do they speak English pretty Mm, a lot of people do French. it was a mix between like a lot of people spoke Swahili and Ma like the Maasai speak, spoke Ma which is well, many many dire- dialect of yeah. Ma but mm. yeah yeah no I wouldn't say most people speak English at all okay um, it seems it was, so widespread I, I figured that there might be some you know yeah. may. everywhere we went we managed to find some people who spoke some English we never found ourselves anywhere we couldn't like you know, find kind of anyone overnight, but, um, yeah, not, it's not super widespread. It's, yeah. it's probably, I think even without words, you can still communicate your ideas to someone, you know, I think. Yeah. Well, and we used, um, didn't we use that app? Google translate. We used, was it Google translate? I used some of that. Yeah. I thought we had another app. No, no Google translate. So sometimes when you're really desperate and you need to communicate, you grab the phone and, um, tell her what you want to say, and it, it's you know sends it. What a world! <laughs> what or a pictures. World. Yeah, you draw, we, I draw like what I what I'm looking for. I remember drawing like we were looking for a can of tuna, which doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, <over there. laughs> but I drew a, I drew a can with the lid open, 
like a sketch of that, and then I draw a tuna like a fish. <laughs> like a fish. And I said, and I put a plus, and yeah, they're looking at me like, "Are you?" Like, oh, no. Fish don't live in cans, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, oh, that's yeah. So oh man. Finding food was one of the hardest parts of that trip. Yeah. How do you finding how, enough to eat? Yeah. Yeah. So would you would you hit a spot and just just buy these markets out of all their stuff? <laughs> Well, the thing is that we get, like, honestly, we had been told, oh, there's little dukas, like a duka's a store. Like, there's little dukas in every store, in every every little village in town. And there were. Um, but, like, if you wanted anything other than, like, biscuits or warm Coke or... Uh, sweets. Peanuts. Like, lots of sweets Yeah, stuff. Yeah, sweets. like, there was, like, to find real food, honestly, we ended up, like, we had brought a couple of freeze-dried meals. Um, wished we'd brought more, to be honest. And... And we had, we ended up like cooking some, like we found pasta. So we ended up kind of cooking some spaghetti, like really badly, right? Because you don't want to use too much fuel or cook it for too long. So it was like kind of gummy and horrifying. Yeah. And we'd ju- we would just buy some like onions and tomatoes from like, you know, the corner and chop them up and throw them in with the spaghetti when it was done. And that was that. Like we both lost some weight. <laughs> Our on saving grace yeah. was these Frank's. Frank's hot sauce, oh, little God. like envelope packages that we stole from like a hotel or like we like filled their pockets. We one had time. these little pouches of Frank's <laughs> red awesome. hot and it was like almost anything can be edible if you squeeze a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Frank's. just put that on. We had so many I of these. Put that envelope. shit on everything. I remember we had our last one. We're like sad face. This is the yeah. last oh, one. Oh, no. Well, next time yeah. you need to pack a bottle. Like it's one of those things, you know, big, yeah. big, yeah, big jar sure. of peanut butter and a big jar of hot sauce and <laughs> yeah. Nutella. Yeah. <laughs> We bought lo- like we bought peanut butter locally. That was something that we bought. I think before we started, we bought it in Arusha, and it was like glue your mouth shut peanut butter. You know that <laughs> well, like that really honest peanut butter, not like the North American stuff with all the like corn syrup solids in it. Oh, like so natural every- natural peanut butter. Oh yeah, that, yeah, but that was all there was. Oh, so, so every day oh, for guys, lunch, we I'm a hippie. Scrap. That's all I eat. <laughs> oh good for you good for you man but like okay but but spread that on dry bread okay on dry bread with nothing else no jam no no nothing just like a hunk of dry bread with like that natural peanut butter and your mouth is like paste yeah i put banana on it though i would cut we'd find bananas we cut the if we have bananas we put bananas in it but yeah it was it was rough it was it was definitely finding food was tough it was hard to find food like like rice wasn't an option right like you can't cook rice on like camp fuel we're just not carrying enough you know to to cook stuff like that so yeah from scratch we would if if there were if someone's listening if someone's listening um take take more food than you think you need it's probably going to be um hard to get the things that you could probably get at a corner store anywhere else in your travels anywhere else we've gone we've just bought you know we buy like tins of tuna and like pitas and in jordan we found these little tetra oh. packs of hummus like like little juice ah, boxes full perfect. of hummus oh they were so good oh, you squeeze in your mouth oh yeah, heaven sure. so good. that's like the best discovery of that trip but like you there are these things you kind of come to expect being able to find like tinned fish and um it all bets are off in tanzania you just you you can't count on finding um, food very well. So take, take freeze dried stuff and, um, kind of stock up. If you start in a big city, stock up, carry more than you, um, than you think you need, because you just cannot assume that there's going to be a town along, even if, even a town that looks like decent sized on a map, you get there and it's like, what do you call those things? The things that roll in the dust. 
Um, Tumbleweed? Dust Devil. <laughs> no. Well, anyway, I can't think of it. But yeah, like even towns that look like they're going to be something, you get Tumbleweeds. there. Tumbleweeds. Oh, yeah. Tumbleweeds. Yeah, that's Just what it was. Tumbleweeds. Yeah. There's nothing there. So, yeah. With find- thorns in them. <laughs> 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 finding, finding food was, was hard. Scorpions <laughs> clinging onto that thing. It's just a rolling weapon for the desert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on. Uh, yeah. Can you eat them? I don't know. You snap your tail <laughs> off and pop that in your mouth? Crayfish or crawfish. Maybe yeah. it tastes the same. Who knows? Maybe. It's not fear factor. I'm not up for it. <laughs> um, what about water in these sections? It looks pretty dry. Water was water, easy to find. Water was oh, never okay. a problem. Awesome. Yeah, it's good yeah. to know. We always found water. Yeah, what, what, it's funny though. Like, if you don't talk to the storekeeper, and if somebody else asks you what you need, they're gonna try to barter with your like bar- like negotiate a price for water, and they're gonna be the middleman. They know the price of water, but they're going to try to negotiate with you. I'll get you water. And then they'll pretend to come back like, oh, it's going to cost you like 2,000, 2,000 yeah. uh, shillings. It's like, ah, that's not what it costs. Sometimes you just give up. You're... I found in, in Tanzania, like there's always a middleman. Always. Somebody always wants to get a cut out of something, yeah. especially when there's like a Mzungo involved, oh, like, like a white person. Yeah. Yeah, you. If someone takes you somewhere, they're like, "Oh, I know a great place," and they take you there. They are getting a cut of whatever you spend there. It's like, and I mean, it's, it's, it's good, I guess. It's good because um, it distributes the money. Yeah, it does. And I mean, it means that there are people coming up to try and help you with stuff. The only place it was really kind of awful was in Zanzibar. We went to Zanzibar just to chill out. Once we were done bikepacking, we went to Zanzibar for five days. That was my like <laughs> carrot in front of the horse. The beach. Um, going to the beach, and it was it was worth it. But in Stone Town, which is like the, the capital in um, well, Zanzibar City and and Stone Town. Stone Town's kind of like old Quebec, um, very historical, really beautiful. But like it at dinner time and into the evening, if you were walking anywhere, there were these guys standing out in the street, and they were just trying to like round people up, mm. and they were they would take you to they they had the best restaurant, they would mm. suggest you. But for every person they like brought to a restaurant, they were getting a little like cut, but they were so aggressive. Oh, they were aggressive. They were like, people were like hunted like animals. It was kind of awful. But, yeah. but no, when we were bikepacking, it's, it's people are keen to help you, but they're definitely, there's something in it for them. Yeah. I traveled, yeah. I traveled to Morocco um, a number of years ago when, when I met my wife and we I had the same experience. Like they would uh, um, sometimes a little bit of misdirection kind of like they'd missed oh i'm looking for this the story was i was looking for this hotel and we were getting jerked around we we're getting pulled to all these other different places and yeah and then this man came up and he said my brother where do you want to go and i said i want to go to dar that's where i want to go he's like come and he just followed this guy through the through the medina like you know it's so confusing in these these little villages and he points at the door and there it is and i and i went to get him a durham like well you know i have a bit of money and he's like no 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 like that so it's just like thanks man a little double kiss and took off but <laughs> but uh before that it was like you know i'll take you and they took me to this to some other or us to some other place or they went to some other place and yeah the restaurants totally there's like they almost have a fishing rod and they're just like yeah. come yeah. come come the best tagine come and it's just like <laughs> yeah but you know what it, it's survival for them too right like they're it just is. trying to spread the wealth and i kind of get it man it sounds it like an awesome but the, the people the people in tanzania just overall we're like just super nice they, they, um, yeah i we never felt we never felt threatened 
No, we didn't, we didn't feel threatened. We didn't feel as warmly welcomed as we did in Jordan. Jordan was really special. Um, but yeah, it was good. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, tell me another story from the trail. Some crazy story. So from somewhere else? Just from anywhere. doesn't matter. I want to hear a story. Crazy stories. Do you have a crazy story? What about the bus? Are we waiting for the bus oh, in Tanzania? That was like. So, um, I mean, a bunch of, a bunch of things kind of went wrong as they, as they can do on these bikepacking trips. And, um, we ran into some trouble a few days in and we, we got our, our tires were absolutely full of thorns and they went dead flat and, um, I'll kind of save all the details on that. But anyway, we lost a day in the middle of the trip. And so then we were late getting to our final, well, our second final? It was kind of Not second even. final. Second to final destination. We were late arriving and we had a permit. Um, you have to get permits to go into these wildlife management areas. In and, advance. And you have to buy the permits in advance and they're expensive. And you have to tell them what day you're going to arrive and where you're going to stay when you're there. And like, that's, those are hard commitments to make when you're bike packing. Like yeah. shit can happen. Mm. And it did. Um, so we were late arriving and at that point we had almost no cash because the one city that had had an ATM in it from the time we started the trip, the ATM was out of service. That was the other thing, finding food and finding cash. Finding cash was impossible. That was we, a monkey dough. Was- we could not get more money, um, carry more money than you think you need. So we got, we arrived late. They gave us a really hard time when we arrived at the the Lake Natron, like kind of the gate area before you go into the area. Um, so that, that was all really kind of crazy. And two days later, um, for more crazy reasons, basically we ended up having to make a decision to take a bus, um, partway, partway. So the plan was to take a bus from Lake Natron to like about halfway to Ntowambu, which was our final destination. Um, we were supposed to have like ridden from Lake Natron to, I can't remember where now and stayed the night there at like. A monastery or something yeah and for then, guns. Yeah. yeah and then written that last day but you know what things don't always go to plan right so um so we booked this bus and we were going to take this bus and so uh, we showed up that morning and we ended up like sitting around for a couple of hours nothing ever happens on time ever yeah. <laughs> there's no like if you've been to the caribbean and you you're familiar with the concept of like island time there's island time and then there's Africa time and it's like next level nothing happens when you expect it to we, or when we have a thing called Kootenai time here in the Kootenais oh, yeah <laughs> where it's like oh he's late it was Kootenai time right. <laughs> sorry I interrupted no no it's fine this bus was like two hours late yeah the bus was at least two hours late and so during that time we ended up sitting around and like, like these guys who were kind of gruff with us when we'd arrived two days beforehand were actually like they were keen to chat and hear about our lives and whatnot while we waited for the bus and I think we both pictured, I mean, you pictured kind of a small bus, didn't you? I pictured a small bus, I, we but both not too kind full. Of, we both kind of pictured like a smallish bus. And when the bus finally arrived, like two and a half hours late, it was like the size of a Greyhound. And it was like packed to oh, bursting, no the doubt. gunnels with people. <laughs> and we had paid, like they knew we had bikes and we had paid um, the extra price to have seats because there's standing room and then there's sitting room. And so we paid for seats and we, we got there and, and this bus pulled up and it's like packed. Like there's people like hanging up the windows. It was insane. Um, I don't want to, I tend to take over. I don't want to tell the whole story. Why don't you just talk about like what happened with like putting the bikes on oh, and everything? Yeah. The, uh, so they arrive and they're like, where are your bikes? And they like, were here and they're like, 
they look at them like no problem and then they pull this huge rope out of this like in this like <laughs> dirty dusty old container on, on the like you know like these compartments on the bottom of the bus where they just keep all the chains and like the, whatever the spare parts yeah and they're they're like bring the bike here and they start like Hoisting. one guy like climbs up onto like we the, the, the bags off yeah we took the bags off the and they yeah. throw all the bags in this compartment they're getting all greasy and dirty of like oh well, whatever adventure whatever <laughs> so so they're like they start like pulling our like hoisting our bikes up onto the roof one guy gets on like heather's bike he's like pretending to ride on the roof meanwhile all these people inside the bus are just like staring at like all you see is white eyes at us like what's taking so long right <laughs> And then they're like, they strapped our bikes down, like right to the, like the, roof of the right to the roof of the bus. Like they were just tight and they're like yanking on these ropes. We're all like, I was sitting on the ground, I'm standing on the ground like this. Like I probably like, I like what my did face. you do? I was like, oh my God, you know, you, cause like we love our bikes. There was yeah. no like, cargo yeah. cage. there's no cargo cage on the roof or anything. It was no, just it was like just bare metal roof. Lashed right? to the roof of a bus. There was and some confusion. Was like, we got the seats for the bikes actually. Yeah. And we were going to stand. <laughs> so we get, they're like, okay, get in, get in, get in. Like then they hurry us in and then we can barely get in the bus. You have to like force your way like through all these people that are looking at you like what you're supposed hell? to be in that like Land Rover like Toyota yeah. Land Cruiser that was like passing by the other day. You know, like tourists don't take these buses and yeah. we're just everybody's like just staring at us. It's like almost like quiet in there. <laughs> we're like, we're just going to just stand right here on this edge of this like these stairs because we can't move anywhere. Just, I was just hanging on to this pole for dear life. Paul was hanging on to like the ceiling. And it's like a bus that was supposed to hold probably what, like 60? Probably had 100 people on it. <laughs> it was everywhere. Metal, and metal rattling and all that. And the roads... The roads are so rough in Africa. Like they're like, well, I, sh I can't see Africa. They're so rough where we were in Tanzania. And the bus is just like, vibrating. Anything that like was like any, any, some welds were like broken open and the, the metal was, was just like, <laughs> the windows were rattling real loud. You go deaf from listening to that. Although they have all this beautiful, like Tanzanian, like kind of reggae ish music going on. Oh, funny. And the ceiling, I look up at the ceiling because we were standing below the ceiling and it's like, as we hit the bumps, all I can see is the ceiling kind of like collapse a little bit. And like, those are our bikes. It's like getting shifting around on the top. We're like, wow. Oh, I don't no. know. We had to make we okay, yeah. We were like looking at each other like, no, wait a minute. We're Finally we got to that stop where we wanted to like where we wanted to like just continue our ride from like halfway through. I think it was like fifty kilometers on the road or, or yeah. maybe something like that. And we had to make a decision and Heather I we were just like, I don't know if our bikes are gonna be any good and if, <laughs> if they're still gonna be there. <laughs> or they're gonna be there, yeah. What if yeah. If we get like, what if we tell them like, okay, take our bikes off the roof. We're gonna pedal from here. What if they're broken or like something's happened because they just been like getting smashed on the roof of this bus? And we have no money, right? And we have no so, money. So even if they take the bikes down and they're wrecked and we can't ride, we can't even pay for for a lift. Like it was like fuck. Yeah. So uh, we we made the hard decision to 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 stay take the, the rest. They stay on the bus. They let us stay all the way to Motambu. And you know what? We got off the bus and and they lowered our stuff down and everybody's standing in a big circle around us because we're like, well, what are these white people doing here? You know, like, 
And then uh, we put our bikes together, and the only thing that was wrong was basically maybe a chain fell off the crank, and Your there was one thing was shredded. My grip one was grip. shredded. I we like we're like big fans of like those wolf tooth foam grips, and um, and uh, everything was fine. There was just actually blue paint on the bikes on the bikes from the bus from the bus, and everything was that was good like. I was like, oh, my God, thank you, Esker, for making a tough bike. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, and then we just pedaled off from there. We were, like, we were kind of bummed but happy. We were bummed that, like, oh, we could have still rode our bikes. But we were happy to be where we needed. We were we were there ahead of time, but yeah. we were happy to be safe. It was yeah. It's bittersweet, right? When you plan this route and you... You expect to finish it under your own steam. And then, at, you know, we found ourselves having to take the bus. And I was like, okay, well, at least we'll get to, like, ride that last, you know, half of that last day or whatever. And then it was just like, we can't take that risk. So we ended up, we got the bikes and we put them back together. And we rode, like, I don't know, three kilometers, four kilometers from the bus stop to the place where we were staying in that town. Um, we, yeah, it felt. We got an extra, we got an extra bike ride in, though. We went. And- well, we did. I just, to me, like, it felt unfinished, right? Yeah. It, the the bike packing trip felt unfinished. I felt like it had been so hard for those first days, and then to not get to finish it on the bike, even mm. even if the last day was hell, to be like, yes, when at the end of this day, you know, we accomplished this. We didn't get that feeling. Whereas, like in Jordan, we finished. And it was like, oh my god, we did this. In Costa Rica, we finished. And it was like, oh my god, we did this. And we just didn't have that. I didn't have that same sense this time. It felt I don't know. It felt a little wrong to arrive by bus, but that's. That's kind of the way the cookie crumbles. We did end up going for a ride. Um, we did end up go- going for a ride the next day. We went and we just took the stuff off our bikes. We gave them a little bath and then we went for a ride in like the banana plantations. Yeah. In Mtawambu. And that was really cool. We saw some cool people and um, it was it was neat to ride through the banana plantations. Yeah. And then we did the same in Zanzibar. We hadn't planned to ride the bikes at all in Zanzibar because it was supposed to just be our like chill time. But we got the bikes out. We built them up and, and we did a, a day of riding in Zanzibar as well. Along the beach coast. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. You can see pictures in my Instagram from both of those little jaunts. They were they were really nice. And it's a way to explore the culture too. Yeah, very cool. Thanks for telling that story. That was a good one. Yeah, I love it. Sure. Um, so with you guys as a couple, like you said before, um, you each bring different kind of skills to the table. What 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 are your skills? What do you bring? What do you each bring? What do I bring? What do you bring, Heather? <laughs> I was kind of a, it's like, should I ask that question? I'm not sure. <laughs> Sass. Sass. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Paul calls it. I think no, uh, I no. think Heather is a is a gifted story writer, in my opinion. And, um, yeah, but that's she... that's a thing I do after. Oh, are you talking about like during the trip? <laughs> I think he means like on the trip. Oh, I do. I she's do, a, you know what? I do a lot. She's of a voice of reason. Okay. Yeah. Two <laughs> things. I guess I I I try to be the voice of reason because Paul always has these really grand ideas of um like the roots and stuff he's like oh we'll do this and i'm like that's mental we can't do that <laughs> and it's not like i i don't want to be the heavy but he just has such you know he's just he, he thinks big he can't help it the other night we went for a ride after work and you know, covid and all that crap it's like there's no trail to ride and he's like okay i'm gonna patch together this ride and he's like i'm gonna go here 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 and here and he's like maybe like 12k and in my mind i went that's at least 20k (laughs) and I still said okay let me get dressed I'm coming with you and it was like 24 kilometers later but that's a thing I know about him now where he like drastically underestimates how long 
how like the distance and the time and the difficulty. And it's partly because he's just like he's set for like suffering. It, nothing upsets him. <laughs> really. yeah, but I like it. You do. But no, I'm I when it comes to the planning, I'm partly like the voice of reason. Like, Paul, that's like we can't do that. That's too crazy or, you know, stuff like that. That doesn't sound like a fun job to have, but it's it's still an important job. Um and then I end up doing I end up doing like logistical stuff. So like I when we're planning stuff, I'll do um, like if there are inns and hotels and transportation and um, flights, we tend to work oh, together yeah, yeah, on. Yeah. But all of that stuff, sorting that stuff out in advance, um, I tend to kind of do that stuff. And then food, we figure out together. Yeah. Yeah, I have a. And then SAS, I bring the SAS. <laughs> that's a that's a lot of shit, Heather. So what the yeah. hell? What the hell are you bringing to the table, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know what? On the, I'm the map, I'm the map guy. <laughs> on the trips themselves, we have like very defined roles that we fell into right away in Costa Rica, and we have we've done the same thing on every single trip, and it's just like like the same like routines at night and in the morning. So like when we arrive, like Paul will get like like he's more of the one who like does the cooking and gets that stuff going, and I'm more the one who like we'll put up the tent together and then I'll deal with all the sleeping stuff. I'll like unroll our sleeping bags and unroll the sleeping pads and get all that set up while he starts dinner. Then we'll have dinner together, go to bed. And then in the morning, um, I'll, I'll take down all that stuff while he makes breakfast. It's just like, it, it kind of was a thing we fell into naturally. It just worked for us. I'm really good at, at rolling things up tightly. <laughs> so small like, hands. I'm it's like, like a, yeah, I'm like a ninja at getting tiny, you know, big things into tiny Baby. a cigar roller in her previous life <laughs> yeah so i'm i'm the i'm the director of packing big things into small bags yeah. um and and he's the director of you know making making coffee and making dinner and stuff so yeah there's some balance there well it's important to have that i think yeah, yeah. just like you said at the beginning if you're both you know trying to be alpha it wouldn't, it wouldn't work out right so yeah. no that's awesome what's next for you guys Oh man! Actually, I wanted to ask you before we get into that. What's next? So, tell me about your ambassador relationships. Tell me about Esker. I don't know a lot about Esker. Give him some shout out. Oh, okay. Love. Oh, Esker. So, um, actually, it started a long time ago. Like when they used to be Advocate Cycles, and uh, I reached out to Tim about a few things, and I really wanted to get on one of their bikes because I love steel frames. Uh, mm. They're just much more comfortable, and Agreed. I wanted a plus bike at the time. And um, I asked them about being an ambassador because I met, I saw something on their site. And they, Is that how that came about? Yeah. So hmm. he said, yeah, just, he sent me some email, I think. And then next thing you know, like I, um, I was an ambassador for, for Advocate Cycle. I was like, you know, I was really proud of their product and them, you know, they, their profits went towards um, uh, adventure cycling and other Community advocacy. Yeah, community advocacy yeah. for for cycling. So I was really a proud ambassador for that. And then um, they rebranded. They went to uh, to ask her, um, and um, they invited and then Heather. We, and then yeah. we finally met them. We yeah. never met them. Uh-huh. It was we, at Dirt Fest. Yeah, we met Dirt them rag at Dirt Fest. We met them at Dirt Fest in Pennsylvania, um, and just kind of got a chance to chat with them then, and like for the first time. And Paul was on their their. Um, advocate at the time 
We didn't have the Hey Dukes yet. No, we didn't have the, they didn't have the release the Hey Dukes yet. Anyway, they were like, we love like the bikepacking you're doing. Like, we're so like, we think you're like great kind of ambassadors for us. We hope that you'll both like represent Esker. Um, and I was overjoyed. Like, it was so exciting to be asked. Yeah. So, um, and so they, so they, the Hey Duke, it was like a version two of the Hey Duke and they, they changed up the geometry a bit. They, you know, the quadruple butted uh, tubing on the frame and it was lighter and it just, it was it was good for for getting rowdy on the trails and oh. as well as it's really it's really comfortable for 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 a long ride. So um, we've been really happy on the Hey Dukes and uh, we've been telling our friends like try our bikes like and and you know I have random people on Instagram like ask me questions about it. You know I I don't want to toot my horn a bit but I'm sure I've sold a few uh, Hey Dukes yeah. or because I I've. I love the bike and uh, you know, it's nice to know the owners uh, like Tim, Tim Kruger is a super smart guy when it comes to, to bike geometry and designing a bike. And, you know, now they have the LCAT, which Heather has an LCAT, LCAT it's their carbon well. fiber um, dual suspension trail bike, um, which oh, has uh, David Weagle's uh, Orion suspension on it. And that thing climbs like a, like Go. a dream. Yeah. yeah. It's just uh, awesome great products and cool small company and i like to that's one of the things actually attracted me to the advocate cycles because i wanted to support a small company rather than the big guys um i want to give other people a chance and i think like some of those niche bikes they're out there they that uniqueness <laughs> goes with like how i like to plan my trips too but i mean that they're uh you know you can find something that's really in line with what your interests are and what you're looking for a bike and and advocate and esker have been able to to do that and uh it's been fun to provide them feedback as well uh about what our findings are with the bikes and i mean and they're they're associated with terrain tires as well and we both ride terrain tires on all their bikes and we've uh i mean that's what we used in 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 uh in tanzania i've used them for my trips uh, in costa rica and i do these trips in ontario as well and uh i can't complain yeah we have in our fat bikes too yes yeah so um pretty pretty satisfied thank you thank you so much esker uh and uh we're on for another year to to be esker riders that's awesome well i i would say you represent you guys both represent pretty well because you're out there on your bikes all the time so that's awesome yeah for sure do you participate in any of the bike packing events in ontario like the folks i've talked to like um the bt 700 or the the uh, um we haven't done the bt everyone talks about everybody it everybody asks us yeah <laughs> we hey, haven't done the bt you know maybe one day i'll do it i want to do it with matt katie i want to be like I want to go with you, man. If you're listening, <laughs> I'll do the BT 700 with you. Um, I, I, I've been actually planning a, um, some other routes um, in northern Ontario um, near Perry Sound. I had I tr- tried something out last year. Got a pretty, pretty gnarly. Uh, I'm gonna go back and I want to take a few people with me this time. Hopefully, if this COVID thing goes away, um, I planned the um, it's project. Project, um, uh, what did I call it again? Which one? Catsby. It's basically, it's basically from Guelph to Ancaster to Brantford to Cambridge and back to Guelph. Oh yeah, he wants to do mostly this, like, on dirt. Week. Yeah, it's like a almost two hundred kilometer long bikepacking trip. It's like a whole weekend's worth of fun. 
So it's something I just recently designed. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just trying to do my, not trying. I just no. been doing my own things in Ontario. Yeah, oh, we haven't cool. really. I don't think we've done other people's stuff so much. We've twice, three times now. Well, twice for me and three times for you. We've done um, the Swift campout thing in um, the, the, solstice the, the solstice weekend. So you can anyone can plan um, like like a Swift campout or whatever, and um, they'll put it on this. Is it Swift Industries? Yeah, the Swift Industries website, and then people can look it up and see and you know join you. Last year, the two of us led it, and we ended up having. Like eight eight or so others come Ooh, nice. and we did this loop in um torrance barrens which is in Mus the muskoka area um which is that's been a cool trip we've like that's kind of special like we'll probably keep yeah. doing probably it's keep doing that amazing like it's just beginner a day. Route. Yeah. it's a beginner route people came they had like tarps strapped to their bikes like <laughs> it was pretty entertaining <laughs> last awesome. year but it's like all these people got to try bikepacking for the first time and we got to be, Very. yeah, we got to kind of help them, help them do that. And it was, uh, yeah, weird, they weird it. and wonderful. It was so cool to see them do this first bikepacking trip. And then later they, on Facebook, they would post like, Hey, I just got a new tent for my next bikepacking <laughs> trip. Or like, I just got like my, you know, a, a different bike. Like, you know, I was like, what? Like, that's incredible. Like, it's, that's awesome. we're, we're so happy to be able to inspire people yeah. to, 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 to bikepack. I mean, and we want to do it again. And yeah. I don't know, maybe we'll try a different route this year uh, or maybe we'll just do Torrance Barrens and well it starts from Bracebridge no sorry Gravenhurst and it goes to Torrance Barrens and back it's like about a 50 60 kilometer loop no it's not a big bike but it's it was a good kind of it's a good overnighter yeah but uh, yeah it's uh, one of the things that we like to do is bring people out with us We've done a couple of talks we've gone in last year so last year we did talks we do talks about our Jordan trip. Um, one for an outdoor store. We did one at a bike shop. Um, the plan for this year was to do another talk about our Tanzania trip. Um, and I was kind of gearing up to do um, like an intro, a women's intro to bikepacking um, talk and then a, an overnighter on the weekend. And then um, our friend COVID-19 showed up uh. and, you know, all the plans kind of go to the wind. So who knows what the rest of this year will hold. But those are things that we that are kind of important to us. It's cool to get people together and talk about our, our trips and um, whether that's inspiring them to do their own trips or whether that's just, you know, armchair adventures for people to get to hear about, you know, things they would never do or places they would never go. Um, that's really, it's fun and we like doing that. So we'll, we'll probably do more of those talks. And I really am keen to do a women's kind of bikepacking seminar. Um, it's been... Bike packing has been so, I don't know, transformative for me. Um, it's I've realized I'm capable of things I never thought I was, I I would ever be able to do or ever even want to do. Um, so I'd love to see that. I'd love to be part of seeing that change happen for other women. And so I'm hoping when things calm down, I'll be able to kind of um, pursue that. That's cool. <clears throat> I was going to bring that up before, like just, you know, I was going to say, what would you say? what would be the first thing you'd say to a woman who, who came to you and said, Oh man, that's crazy. What are you, what are you doing? I can't believe you could do that. I mean, people usually hear about these crazy trips we do and they're like, Oh my God, like, how do you, you know, how do you bike pack in Africa? And, and I said, well, you know, you, you don't start with a trip like that, right? Mm -hmm. Like you start with an overnighter or a weekend trip and you know, you kind of, you know, with the training wheels on, you, you, you do it bit by bit. You don't suddenly go to doing these huge, huge adventures. Um, that said, we totally did a huge adventure. <laughs> He's looking at me like, you liar. But I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> no, yeah, no. 
really wouldn't. I wouldn't. It was like a trial by fire. Yeah. Um, and I think lots of people in my situation would have done that trip and been like, fuck this. I'm never bikepacking again. This is crazy. But but it, for me, it was just like, oh, well, I'm going to do that again. You know, I, I guess I'm a little bit nuts. But no, I think I think people need to like imagine that you you don't have to go out. You don't have to spend a fortune and buy the perfect bike and buy the perfect gear. It doesn't have to be a huge ordeal. You know, the, the beauty of bikepacking is that if you have a bike and you have some stuff you can strap to it, you can have a little adventure. You know, you don't have to go far. You, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be a grand adventure. It can just be a little adventure. And if you end up loving that, then maybe a bigger adventure is on the horizon for you. But my idea was kind of to do a, a like an evening talk for women and just like bring my bike and my gear and show it off and um, answer some questions and talk about past trips, um, hopefully to kind of like stir some excitement in people and then to do an overnighter. And honestly, my plan was like, like a really, really chill ride. I wanted to start near Brantford and ride mostly rail trail um, down to like the Turkey Point area, camp for a night in like a campground and ride back the next day. Um, it doesn't have to be something crazy and you don't need a specific bike for that. Almost any bike will do the trick. You don't need a lot of stuff. If you have a friend who's going, the two of you can split the stuff. Um, it was really just about like, do you like the idea of getting on your bike and you know seeing where it, where it leads you, having an overnighter? Yeah, just get out there and try it. Just do yeah, it. Yeah, try it. Yeah. Try it. If it's not for you, you're like, well, at least you didn't. At least you didn't buy, you know, a bike packing bike specifically for it, or you didn't buy a bunch of gear. You you don't necessarily need all that stuff. You can kind of make do and just go and, and give it a shot. We yep. have a friend who was really interested, Jen, um, and she came on our um, tour experience trip last year, and she was really stressing about having you know, the stuff. And it was like, we loaned her some stuff. She got a couple of things. And then afterwards she was like, Oh, she loved it so much. She was so happy and she can't wait to do it again. So, yeah. um, so that was cool, you know, to see a friend of ours, like, uh, and for me to see a woman get jazzed about bikepacking. I really love that. Yeah. It seems, yeah, it's, there's, there's no reason to not go out and get a bunch of girls together and just pack a yeah. big, big old tent and a bunch of food. And I mean, it's pretty easy. You know, just, just go out and try it. Yeah, yeah. And then build from there, baby steps. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, what's next for you guys? Um, I think we're we're not breaking up. <laughs> but we're going to, I think we're going to try uh, different trips on our own. Um, this year I had intentions to do the Pamir Highway in Tajikistan and in, in, uh, Kyrgyzstan. Um Again, I bought a whole bunch of maps like and, books. And, and books and started doing all research and looking at like different routes like that are off the highway to go really explore the, the, the <laughs> I guess it's not backcountry, but the <laughs> off the beaten path, you know, and um, I was so ready for that. And I mean, then the, the virus came, but um, also with that, I mean, um, Actually, I have a new one now. Actually, I was looking. I started doing research. Uh, Mount Sinai. So, uh, hands no way, Ray. Somebody who inspired me since like since I was much younger because he used to do these adventures around the world I, on his bike, and I was like, whoa, I love that. Anyway, he was doing some like video thing, um, and he did his uh, his trip to Egypt, and uh, he did the Mount Sinai, the, the route of Moses or something. Sure. <laughs> she knows better than me, but like it's a whole route through uh, through Eastern Egypt, 
and it goes like all the way to like the Egypt, uh, I mean the, the Israeli border, and right close to like I can go to Jordan again and go see my buddy Wow. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so from Cairo, I, I'd like to do from cycle from Cairo basically to to a port town on the other side of Egypt, and then take a, a boat to to uh, to Jordan again. But following that road of Moses and through that that area, the Mount Sinai. So that's something else on my radar. I haven't planned anything specifically yet, but I think. That's uh, there's a lot of culture and uh, background to that in history, and I think it'd be really interesting to see that. And again, it's a there's Bedouins there, um, from what I understand, and there's I from my experience with Bedouins, they're super hospitable and they're very welcoming. And man, like every time you bump into a Bedouin, they're gonna offer you chai, <laughs> and it, it's hard to say no sometimes, especially me. Like, oh my god, I want to go and like and just talk about nothing or like try to talk to them, and then. Yeah, I just uh, well, dude, I can I can, I can see the excitement in your face and your smile oh, is so big right I now. I love these trips. This just gets yeah. me so stoked. Yeah, yeah, you can tell. Another trip I want to do. Um, what about me? Oh, I know. We're I breaking up. We're breaking up. Remember? Oh <laughs> <laughs> okay, Heather, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean he could list forever. His plan for this year really was to do that. Tajikistan, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan. I was calling it the stands. Yeah, the he group was, of stands. He was going to do the stands this year, and I, that's that's probably off. Um, but when he started talking about doing the stands, I said, no. <laughs> no, thank you. So <laughs> what's, your, what's your plan? I, I'm hoping to do a solo bikepacking trip to Scotland. Oh, cool. Which is, you know, I'm not going to have that, like, wild cultural drinking tea in tents in the desert experience it's going to be something very different it's something something a little more um a little a little more familiar culturally but i've just had a dream to go to scotland for a long time and i kind of love this idea of i think that would be a reasonable place to do my first solo bikepacking trip so i started to kind of plan out the route and like i'm so i mean scotland is so beautiful and then i'm so inspired by like lee craigie um and she just some of the videos she's been in, and like, oh man, she makes Scotland seem so cool. So her so voice I, is so and her soothing. voice is so beautiful. I can <laughs> listen to her talk every night. She's like a total she idol a great to voice. me. So, so I'd like to I'd like to go to Scotland, and I'd like to to do some time some some uh, kind of sightseeing, and then I'd like to do kind of a big loop, um, starting in. Um, Edinburgh and kind of head up and through the Cairngorms and finish. Well, anyway, uh, kind of a big loop through Scotland and then hopefully do a little bit of gnarly riding at uh, at Fort William near the end. Near the end in case I break any kidneys or anything. Uh, <laughs> well, that's not, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I hope that doesn't exactly. happen. <laughs> no, I, for me, I, I, I think I feel ready to try my own um, solo uh, adventure. And I've wanted to go to Scotland for a long time. And I know people bike pack Scotland. And I think that could be a great fit. So cool. I'm hoping that that'll be the next big adventure for me. And I'm... Um, excited and terrified and all the things that the thought of doing it um, on my own. Well, that's fantastic. And you're just going to grow from, from it. That's the thing you always, you know, these things you tackle and, you, and we just grow and we're always learning. I mean, yeah. I think the, the, the people who just get into this activity forget that even, even the most experienced person out there is learning every time they go out. Oh yeah. Like, you're always learning something. Especially yeah. when you change between country, like different oh, cultures, yeah. you learn so much. Oh my God. It's a complete contrast. Yeah. 
I think I think it'll be good to do my own because I spend a lot of time on these trips. Like I'm always behind, right? He's you know bigger and stronger and all that. I'm always behind, and I spend a lot of time thinking, "What the fuck? Why are we doing this?" <laughs> like I'm just kind of like directing that like frustration at him. I don't take it out on him like really like when we're talking, but I'll be I'll be riding my bike, kind of grinding my teeth, like sometimes like just irritated, like why are we here? Like this is so hard. It's so hot and the roads are so bad like I'll, I'll just kind of be like focusing that frustration like just allowing myself to blame him for it and I feel like I won't have that if I do my own trip in Scotland and it's going badly I will uh, it'll just be like why am I doing this to myself <laughs> but it would be so much healthier to just be like well I'm responsible for this whether it goes awesome or goes poorly like it's it gets to be you know my my success um so, no, I don't want to say or failure. I say it gets to be my success, however that turns out. So I just want to clarify something that <laughs> she's like sometimes lost it. Like these roads, <laughs> this is like the shittiest road in the world. Why the fuck are we here? And at the end of the of the of that ride that day, and we kind of just sit down and have our dinner, and we just like we look at each other and like, wow, that was actually pretty awesome. Like, <laughs> Because you never know what you run. Like yeah. some of the things, the events that happen during during your ride, you're just like, oh, my God, what a headache. Or like, oh, my God, this is so hard. And, I mean, you just embrace it. You try to just take it as it is and just realize that that's going to be part of your day. But at the same time, at the end, it's like, oh, wow. Like, hey, remember that guy we ran into? Wasn't he such a like a treat? Or like, remember like all those like, cool animals we saw and then we just forget about all the bullshit that just happened during the day we focus on a, a lot of those highlights and you know and it's times like today when we when we think back to these trips and it's just like pure smiles and like thrills yeah my face hurts my yeah. face actually hurts <laughs> it's like oh i'm so like you just it's addictive like all those 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 good things that happen during a trip and the experiences and you just want more and more and you just want to go back. But again, you have to focus on the positive things, mm. but let those negative things be a lesson to you and and try to learn from those. But you're never going to avoid bad things from happening. And you just have to embrace that. I think um, I think J, J, um, JP said that in his other uh, podcast where he's like, you know, if you're going to have like flat tires for the rest of your day, that's going to be your day and that's how you're going to plan it. And you just embrace it and then just feel, you know, just enjoy what you're, you're experiencing at the moment. I think I can relate to Heather because uh, I think it's just blowing off steam. I don't think, you know, you don't mean it, you know, you don't, you don't mean that. Like, why the fuck are we here? It's just like, Oh, why the fuck are we here? Oh, you know, it's, it's just, it's got to blow off it's the steam. It's like blowing off some, exactly. It's literally yeah. letting off some steam. It's totally just like, you're frustrated and tired and everything hurts yeah. and like it just you gotta release that but no at the end of the day it's always like oh we did this crazy thing yeah no I mean, that's moments too yeah you actually this trip i he was more frazzled on this trip than i have seen he was more like like dead on this trip than i've i've seen before when we finished the day that we both had all the thorns and the flat tires and like hundreds of thorns. yeah Paul was the first one that day to be like, that is the worst day I ever had on a bike. And I was like shocked because he's not one to say things like that. He's not one to really even acknowledge when things are bad, but he was just like, that's the worst day I ever had on a bike. I must have been, must have been pretty shitty. <laughs> it was so shitty. Well, 
the tires all the time. Like it the just, last, like they 10, gave up. Like the last ten to fifteen k, all we could do is ride for a few minutes and then uh, stop and pump so because there were so many thorns. Like you're not gonna put a tube in. What are you yeah. gonna do? Yeah. It was it was so hot and it was so desolate. Um, that was a tough day. But you know what? The next day. We were trying to get duct tape, and then we ended up going to a Maasai market, and the things that we saw and learned there. And we met a cool American guy. Oh, it was just amazing. Oh, yeah. yeah, it just, you know what? Fuck the, the bullshit we went through. I mean, yeah. oh, it just, you know, one thing leads to another, and it's just so awesome. Like, it's one uh, day at a time, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 That's cool. I mean, Go ahead. No, I mean, like, some people have, like, bad occasion after bad occasion after bad occasion, but that's just how it goes. But, I mean, just, yeah. It's ups and downs mostly yeah. for us. We've had bad days, but we've never had like a whole trip that was a nightmare. No, they can't all be bad. No. Yeah, exactly. Had their favorite piece of gear, camping gear, piece of camping gear. Shit. You're pretty spork. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't buy me jewelry. He buys me like titanium sporks. Oh, that's yeah. nice. <laughs> he did. He bought me a beautiful. I have it. Is this a snow peak? Yeah, I think it's a simple. Okay. Yeah. I do love my purple titanium spork from. from <laughs> <laughs> it is beautiful. Oh, I have to think about that now. I, you know what? I bought a new sleeping pad before we went on our, our most recent trip, and I've, I've had a lot of trouble sleeping comfortably. Um, this was the first trip that I slept a lot more comfortably. So, and sleep is really important. Yeah. Um, so I would say, what is it? Climate? I think it's a climate sleeping yeah. pad. Oh, one of those climate static V ones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah do you like, I, I don't, I don't know if I really prefer it. I, for so me. I'm really, like, I'm a pretty small person, like five, 220 pounds. Like there's not much to me, but like I end up with the sorest hips when mm. I try to sleep on like a thermorest or whatever, that's just flat my hips end up sore or then I'll lay on my back for a bit. And my back ends up like aching. I just, ha I have a hard time sleeping comfortably on hard ground. And that, that climate, um, sleeping pad was kind of a game changer. I was a lot more comfortable on this trip and the sleep and the pillow. Fuck. What kind of pillow oh, is pillows that? are just, a lot. Oh, oh my God. The summit. Uh, <laughs> he bought me, he bought me a, again. I do love you. He bought me this amazing <laughs> summit pillow and it's like, you blow it up, but it, the deluxe one but it does it's a it's like a decent size and b it like it doesn't really feel like a blow-up pillow so mm. yeah it's funny to say like sleeping gear is my favorite but like if i don't sleep mm. i'm a horrible person <laughs> yeah <laughs> what about you paulo oh man favorite gear i i i don't know i i i tend to just buy what i i know i'll really like um and i like everything i have i think but I'm a big fan of wool because you get all sweaty and stuff. And uh, I mean, my our shirts sometimes we don't have a chance to wash them. They they're full of like white stains, but they don't stink at all. It's ice like, breaker, ice yeah. breaker, so much ice breaker, and we are and not smart sponsored. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I just uh, yeah, clothing maybe. I think the clothing, the gear, the five ten shoes that we oh, been using the man, guy tennis yeah. thank you to bikepacking.com for that suggestion. we have the best shoes and we have like they're identical pretty much mine are like a different color than his but they're ugly but they are so comfortable do you guys ride flats or clips on trips flats, flats. yeah like packing flats because it's one pair of shoes right yeah you don't bring, like we don't want to yeah. bring more than one pair of shoes so usually we'll bring one pair of like flop flip flops or crocs something like 
plasticky that's easy. We've both switched to Crocs and we're happier with those um, than flip-flops, which is what we did on the first trip. But Crocs and then these like 510, they're, they have like that grippy sole that like really kind of glues to the flats. It's just the thought of carrying like two sets of shoes. It's just, ugh. Yeah, yeah. I have a- we tend to be more minimalist. So. And they're great for hiking too. Like those shoes, they do not look comfortable and they're so comfortable. Oh, that's good. I, I've yeah. been, um, I have a pair of Perlazumi Alp X launch twos that are just, mm-hmm. I, I have to tape them with uh, gorilla tape when I go riding because <laughs> they won't stay closed. Yeah. And, um, and, um, I'm getting actually the, uh, the loops in the last broke. So where the boa cable goes through, they all, they all broke. Oh. So, um, I just haven't, I, I'm getting the warranty through mountain equipment co-op, but I just haven't done it yet. And I was thinking, I wanted to reach out to everyone to see what they thought about shoes. Cause I, the same thing when I, when I ride my single speed bike, I like to be attached, but bikepacking, I like the flats and I just usually wear Merrell's and, uh, they're not super stiff, but damn, they're so comfortable all day. Like, so I have to check out those five, five times. You, you know the ones we meet? There's another one though. Right here. But the other, the other shoe, I just ordered the trail cross from 510 and they have a, they have a, it's not a gator. Maybe it's like a gator, but it like, oh, good idea. it's like tighter against your, your ankle at the top, mm-hmm. like the mid pros. Yeah. And it prevents all the sand and debris from going in your shoe from what I understand. So I'm, I ordered those and I'm excited to try those 510s and they're not clipping like they're, and you need a good pedal like that mm-hmm. kind of, I use hope pedals and your foot just like nicely, mm-hmm. like it's like a bad, nice bed for the pedal. So I use Chromag pedals, the Chromag Scarabs. They're just super big. Oh, okay. Which model is that again? Guide tennies. Guide tennies. I got to check those and out. And I have like bright colored laces in mine because that makes me happy, but <laughs> and they're probably- I have Fred Flintstone feet too, so they have to be wide. I don't know sure how wide they are. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know yeah. about that. <laughs> that I don't. Well, you guys are a great team, it seems Thanks. in life and in bikepacking. And uh it was super it was such a pleasure to talk to you finally and, and hear your stories and and your advice and just to meet face to face. It was fantastic. So thanks for your time. Oh, we loved it. Yeah. Thank you so much for yeah. having us. Thanks. Oh, it's my pleasure. We're honored. Oh, it's my pleasure. And um, we will connect again soon. Uh, let's just keep, keep in the rotation. And uh, I, I want to share some more of your trips coming up in the future and, and talk about anything you want to talk about. So if you have anything you want to say or reach out or talk about, make sure you uh, make sure you reach out. Oh, we love yeah, that. for sure. Thank right. you. Well, guys, have a good night. Yeah, you too. Stay well. All right. Yeah, you you guys too. Stay well. Bye. Bye. I want to thank Paulo and Heather again for their time and thank all of you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Um, Don't forget to subscribe to the My Back 40 podcast so you don't miss an episode. And if you'd like to support the My Back 40 podcast, you can head on over to myback40.org slash support and you can check out some of the options I have there. And uh, you can also simply just subscribe, share, rate, and review the podcast. Uh, Five-star ratings go a long way to exposing this podcast to more people. And your reviews are awesome. I've had some really funny reviews in, uh, as of late, and uh, I really appreciate them. If you want to reach out to the My Back 40 podcast, you can. You can send me an email to myback40podcast at gmail.com. Remember, you can send me voice intros, uh, feedback, and guest suggestions. I love hearing from you guys, so don't be shy and send me a note. 
I want to thank Cycling 101 for their support and also Rebound Cycle by supporting me. You're supporting the MyBack40 podcast, and I certainly appreciate it. Well, I hope you guys had a great week, and I hope you enjoyed this conversation while you were doing something fun outside. I'm going to have some more podcasts in the weeks to come, and I hope you are digging the content. And um, yeah, I think that's all I've got. I'm going to keep it short and sweet, and uh, just get out there, have fun, stay fit, keep the immune system healthy, be kind and keep the rubber side down. Mm-hmm.